Test, test, hello, hello. Welcome to How to Write a Novel. I am in an obscure corner of a weird foreign airport, and I got an hour and a half to kill, so let's try and do a podcast and see how weird this is. Let's see if I can do this without the Russian Federation taking me down. So yeah, I'm in Russia. So uh, one of the fun things about traveling outside of North America that I didn't really know, because North America is not much you can do. You just kind of take whatever flights they give you and you can, you know, use certain amounts of uh, transfers and alterations you can make, but not a serious amount. Everything's like, for example, for me to fly from my hometown to Montreal, which is very, very short flight was more money than it was to fly from Montreal to Amsterdam via Iceland. Because there's all these weird fucking things you can do. Iceland air. It's like, it's flying anyway. It's flying. It's got empty spaces. I don't want to go to Iceland. Well, just go to Iceland long enough to transfer to uh, go to fucking Amsterdam. Why not? It'll cost you 50 bucks less than a Canadian flight. Yeah, it was like $250 to fly one province over in Canada and it was only 200 to fly to Amsterdam. Fucking weird. But super great. It's so cool. And uh, like I just didn't realize in the rest of the world how many airlines there are and how much shit is going on. It's crazy. So like this flight to uh, Japan, it's like $500 one way, which is uh, maybe 550 You know, not like amazing, but pretty good because it goes through Moscow from Amsterdam to Moscow. And uh, there was one that was even cheaper. The cheapest one I could find was $400, but it was like a 27 hour, or was it? There was one I think that was a 44 hour (laughs) trip, like just these long layovers, which is crazy and weird. And I could see doing it for like a reality show, but not for actual life. That would be insane. This one pretty good, three and a half hour flight to Moscow and then a nine and a half hour flight to Japan. You know, that's pretty rough. Not what I wanted to do in one day, but hey, whatever. You got to get to Japan somehow, right? And unfortunately, man, I was good the whole month in uh, Amsterdam. Like I was having all these uh, stomach problems in my hometown, I think from the nonstop samosas and fried food and unhealthy shit that there's just like nothing. It's hard to eat well in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Whereas once I got to like Montreal, you know, you can just go to any Middle Eastern place. There's one every two or three blocks and just get a veggie plate and you're all good. And I healed up pretty good. I had uh, like I brought my bottle of Gaviscon with me, which is like it's this cool. It's the coolest stuff instead of an antacid somehow i'd never heard of this thing it's uh it just makes a foam it's based on some kind of fungus is what it's developed from and it just makes this foam layer that sits on top of your belly and then it just lets whatever chaos is happening in your stomach happen and it just keeps that stuff from rising up into your uh esophagus fucking neat but i was looking at that stuff and i'm like man i brought my my half a bottle of gaviscon all the way to amsterdam and i haven't used it once i haven't even needed it Should I bring it to Japan? Do I even need it? Like, I'm cured, basically. Then, ah, geez, it's like as soon as you have these thoughts, you know, it's like karma or something. I got so sick, crazy sick, my last weekend in Amsterdam, where it was just like, hit me real fast, and it was just like, no energy. I didn't leave my room for two days. I can't remember the last time I've done that, because like, like I was saying last time, 
this is my life. My life is to go wander around. I only go back to my bedroom of the month just to go to sleep, basically. I just like to be out in the world doing stuff. But uh, fucking, I, I just, I couldn't even leave. I bought some groceries. I, I mean, it, I guess I could have left, but there's no point in Outthorn where I, uh, where I was. Like, there's nothing in that neighborhood. Like, you got to get on a bus, go all the way into Amsterdam. And like, it's a journey to go anywhere. There's not even like a coffee shop to hang out at. And if there was, it wouldn't have a bathroom. So I just stayed in my room. And, uh, and it was real bad. Like, it was like I had to start digging through the drawers and stuff. And luckily I found an extra blanket. But even with an extra blanket on, like I'm just covered in, in blankets, I still had these shivers that wouldn't stop. And let's tell that story for a sec, because it was just like, this trip, like I was saying, has been going pretty well. It's not a big deal being on my own. I mean, right now I'm in the fucking Russian airport. I feel fine. Like, generally, I'm pretty, I'm getting okay at this travel thing. But being sick just changes everything, where I'm laying there, super sick, having all these bad stomach problems, and... uh and the place I was staying, like, during the week, I'm pretty much the only Airbnb guy there. Because it's not normal for people to just stay there for a whole month. It's really just people coming into Amsterdam for the weekend. So since it was the weekend, I could hear random people using the bathroom that is, like, the airbnb bathroom. And I was like, oh, I can't go use this bathroom. I don't want to anyway, because I don't want to lift my head. I just realized when the Russian announcement plays, I might as well let it play, right? Let's give some respect to the Russian announcement. But uh, yeah, like I was just so sick that I didn't want to lift my head. I didn't want to move, but I was like a little worried I was going to shit the bed because my stomach was feeling so bad. And, uh, and these horrible shivers that wouldn't stop. And just all of a sudden, that's when I, for the first time, I really felt far away. And I was like, God damn it, I'm just so far away from everybody. Like, it's amazing. It just changes everything. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? What is my life? What the fuck is this? And, uh, yeah, just feeling horribly just depressed and, like, anxious and awful. And, like, I wish I was just back home. I wish I was with my mom. <laughs> like, I just hate this. I fucking hate it. But what really worked is instead of trying to fight it at some point i kind of realized like hey you know what just give into it i was thinking of this uh psychologist nathaniel brandon who was one of my favorites he died a few years ago sadly but he wrote this book called the uh, six pillars of self-esteem and he talked about how basically like the first step toward solving anything is acknowledging the problem acknowledging the issue and that also works for stuff internally like you can't fight something you can't see or you can't work on something that you're not aware of but as soon as you acknowledge a problem and admit openly the reality of a situation the way he described it was it's like that's 50% like you just feel the walls melting away as soon as you do that whereas you can just fight against you know your phantoms forever and never get anywhere and never know why you feel so fucked up and weird and it's just amazing how much that works in so many different situations because it even worked in this situation where I just admitted it. I just said to myself while I'm laying in this bed, shivering under these blankets, trying to just like fight through my stomach pains and just hating everything. 
is I just kind of like admitted to myself, I didn't physically say it, but said to myself in my mind, this is too much. This is more than I can handle. This is too much for me. All right, the novelty of the Russian is worn off. I'm just going to speak over you, Russian lady. And yeah, as soon as I said that, as soon as I just kind of laid it out like that, like, all right, we've done it. We've found our limit and we've exceeded it. Being horribly sick when you're all by yourself, far away, some weird person's house in some weird country for no fucking reason that actually makes sense. That's too much. And as soon as I like said that to myself, it just, uh, yeah, right away I started to feel better. It just like right away, it didn't feel like as much of a weight. It didn't feel like as much pressure. I just felt myself starting to fall asleep a little bit. And I'm like, ah, nice. All right, this isn't going to be so bad. Anyway, I slept through the whole weekend. Like I said, didn't leave the house. And I was just so thankful that my travel wasn't that weekend. Like, thank God it happened five days before I was set to leave. Because I I don't know how I would have managed. But I kind of would have had to. Because this is all set up in advance. My flights are set up, my Airbnb set up. If I just skipped that flight, if I just didn't take it, what the fuck would I do? I'd be completely fucked. Like, to buy a last-minute flight to Japan would be so expensive. Instead of 550 bucks, it would be, you know, normal flight prices. <laughs> the prices that business people pay to fucking fuel this whole economy. Insane amounts of money. But if I didn't do that... Then I've got all this, these Airbnbs. I got a lot of stuff set up in, in uh, Japan. I've got like 47 days in Tokyo, then a flight to Fukuoka, then like 21 days hanging out there with Brad, then a flight back to Tokyo and a second Airbnb, and then a flight to uh, South Korea, which I might not need. I just wanted to make sure I had an exit flight in case they asked for one. So I heard that sometimes the airlines ask for one. Turns out the Russians don't give a fuck. But they might still ask it when I get to Japan. So I just wanted to have an exit flight, just in case. Whether I use it or not, whatever. I'll worry about that in a bit. So all that would be fucked up. And it's not like there's... It's not like I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just skip the trip to Japan and let that all fall away and everything will be fine. Then I would still be stuck in the Netherlands with nowhere to stay. And Airbnb is also only really affordable at all. When it is, it's never affordable in the Netherlands, but it's more affordable uh, in advance. You know, if I tried to find a place to stay, just everything would have been a financial fucking disaster. I, I had to take that flight, basically. And I just can't even imagine it. I don't know how I would have done it. I was so fucking sick. I'm just like, thank God that didn't happen. So what did happen still sucks, still terrible but not that terrible, you know? Like, I kept that in mind the whole time. Like, no matter how much this has gone weird, at least it wasn't that. I mean, you can hear my voice right now. I'm doing okay. I'm going to tell you my dumb story of how this sucks, but it sucks, you know, with a small S, where it would have been a capital S suck. Otherwise, like, it would have been, like, an actual nightmare, just one of those horrible, repetitive stress nightmares. Like, imagine that, being on these flights, a combined, you know, whatever that is, 12, 13 hours with pounding headaches and shivers and stomach cramps and horrible gas and uh, barely being able to move your head. All day I've been thinking that. I just, I was in this line for a long time waiting to sort out something here in this airport. 
And I was like, this, God, this sucks. I'm dehydrated. I'm tired. I'm just, uh, I'll get into it, but I've got to use the bathroom in the, a different way this time, not just peeing. But at least I don't have that crushing 16 tons pushing down on my head the whole time. You know, at least I don't have the, I've got to stay extremely still because if I move, it hurts. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. I just don't know, man. Compared to that, everything else is a breeze. But compared to a fun trip, this really sucked. So I got a little bit of sleep before the flight today. I was feeling pretty good, pretty much better. You know, just some residual sickness, this stuff, which I actually thought might even be a little helpful because maybe it would help me sleep. I don't sleep well on planes. But even that night before, around midnight, I finally got to bed and I was just like, had to get up at 8 a.m., but I felt myself falling asleep pretty easy, easier than normal, felt heavy on the pillow. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this level of sickness might be good. This might help just take some of the fucking vim out of me, out of my dumb brain that doesn't want to go to sleep. And then I woke up at five in the morning, 5.30 or something. And instead of trying to squeeze in more sleep, I just decided to get up because I hate rushing for flights. It is one of the most stressful things I've ever experienced in my life. I can't be too early to an airport. Last time I flew, I got to the airport like fucking three hours early and it was great. It still felt like I just kind of made things more or less in time. Cause like, yeah, at the end of the line, once I finally got checked in and finally got through all the stuff and finally got to my gate. Yeah. Then I had an hour and a half or whatever, just to fucking dick around and sit there. But that goes by fast. And that compared to the other side of that of just like the stress and the pressure and the rushing and the hoping you don't miss your fucking plane fuck thank god you know like you can't be too early you cannot be too early however early you think is too early double that and that's when you should leave to go to the airport starting to get a lot of people looking at me recording now but i don't care i'm just gonna roll i can talk real loud in this airport and it just swallows me up like the sound just gets erased <laughs> from other people what's the word i'm looking for i don't know fucking tired it's too bad my phone doesn't have a better recorder if i was talking into my phone this wouldn't be weird at all i would just be somebody at the airport talking too loud to someone on a phone which is what everyone does it's just that i'm talking into this uh recorder with a big red uh windshield on the top so I was glad that I got up early because I got up, left my Airbnb, last time to leave Outthorn. Got to the World Trade Center that I was talking about, how much I love their bathroom. And just went into the bathroom and just took a big long shit. I was like, well, I didn't expect that. Thank God I got all this time. I can just totally take my time and relax and who cares? No problem. Then uh, took the little train to uh, the airport is a little weird that it, to use your transit card you need 20 euros on it i guess just so that you're covered if you do decide to take a train way way too far but the train to the airport was like three euros so i've got all this money on my card now that i don't know i'll probably be back to amsterdam someday so we'll see we'll see how long that shit lasts maybe even on the way back who knows because i'm going to try to set up many small flights <laughs> None of these long flights. I can't believe I still got to do a nine and a half hour flight tomorrow. But anyway, got to the airport. First thing, bathroom. 
big long shit but this time it's way more gassy and watery and it's just like disconnected like what's the feeling in my stomach wasn't the same as my my bowels all of a sudden where it's like i think i'm done and then all of a sudden a bunch of shit and then it's like okay i think i'm done again and as soon as i stand up the movement shifts something in my guts and i gotta sit immediately back down and i'm like oh no oh no what is this what is this i mean it's obviously a residual from being sick on the weekend but man i have never flown with diarrhea i haven't even had diarrhea in quite a long time i can't remember the last time and yeah by the time again i got to the airport real early thank god so i went through all the airport shit had all kinds of time to spare but i went to the bathroom like six times and i'm just like this is bad this is bad man what's gonna happen like at this rate this is not not cool and then my flight was at like one quarter after one. Luckily at the zero hour, like the last, right before I got on my flight, I went to the bathroom one last time and I got pretty lucky where I was sitting in the front row where I wasn't on the aisle. I'm starting to think maybe I should pay that extra fee to pick your seat. I used to always enjoy window seats because I like watching the ground. It's funny because I'm scared of heights, but I'm not scared of flying at all. I love watching out the window. It's great. But having to pee and stuff i hate having to tell people hey can you get out of the way please i gotta go pee so i just leave it up to fate if i get the aisle seat it's easier to go pee but if i get the inner seat at least i get a cool view i think i'm gonna have to start paying that extra 30 dollars or whatever to pick your seat so i can get the aisle seat just so i can comfortably go to the bathroom as many times as i need to and not have to bother people because even in the best case scenario i still gotta pee all the time but this time it was of course the dreaded diarrhea thing but i really got lucky so i was sitting in the front row so it was easy to get i could get around the guy next to me without having to bother him and things settled pretty good i only had to go to the bathroom one time on that three and a half hour flight and i slept through most of it which was great i hardly ever sleep on flights one bummer is they had a meal. I can't remember the last time I got a meal on a plane. Like to me, that's memories of being a kid. Those rare times I was on a plane as a kid. That feels like an 80s thing that you get a big meal on your flight when things were fancier. Now it's the world of like cheapest flights possible. Everything is, uh, you know, economy to the nth degree. Oh, that's probably the last time I got a meal is I got upgraded to first class once and I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable how much attention they paid to me. <laughs> But yeah, they had a meal on this one. This fancy pants Russian fucking four star, super cool. Like the Russian airport and the general state of affairs in Russia here in Moscow is clearly second class. <laughs> it's not so good. But the airline was great. And uh, and uh, the guy next to me got his little meal and is just loving it, just digging in. And, and But I didn't want to fuel this fire in my belly because the whole time I was still like just feeling like the stabby pain and then the shift of like some gas and it's like it's like i don't know if i dare release this gas because what if shit comes with it like i just can't risk it and then it would just kind of go away and uh i'm just seeing some guys walk by that i recognize that uh also got stranded they're going to the same hotel as me later they're from brazil but yeah, it sucks that I had to skip that meal because uh, it seemed good. I like airline food. I like that kind of bullshit. <laughs> but, but no dice. I did, just didn't want to risk it. I made the right choice.
particularly. Well, I didn't. Ultimately, I guess I didn't make the right choice because uh, I expected to be getting on a nine and a half hour flight after this. And it's just like, I just wish I could not do this. I wish I was a rich enough guy that I could just call this off, get a hotel, fuck this whole thing. Just say, fuck this trip. Fuck it. I don't want to do this. I'm not in the right. This is not good right now. Also, I still had a little bit of a tickle in my throat, so I've just been eating cough drops all day like crazy. So just, just bad. Just fucking sucks. Then I get into Russia, and uh, yeah, the flight was late leaving Amsterdam, which I didn't really think twice about, because it's like, whatever, I've never had a plane leave on me. They always just hang around. They just wait, whatever. But again, I think it's a lot more organized in Canada. Like, I wouldn't be the only one on this flight, you know, like there's fewer flights so it's like it if they leave me behind they're leaving behind 30 people you know they're just they're not gonna do that they're gonna wait whereas in this case who knows maybe i was the only person going from moscow to narita on this particular flight so they're like well fuck that guy whatever it's weird it's like how traveling how you know obviously the first thing you notice are the stereotypes and how true they are on the surface obviously this is i've been in russia for fucking a few hours and it's just the airport but right away you do notice stuff like there's the efficiency of stuff like this flight is gonna leave we're not waiting this flight's leaving fuck it we're going this is the time on the ticket you be there or you go fuck yourself but at the same time there's the inefficiency of getting through the airport getting from point a to point b is so slow and so badly designed and badly organized and nobody gives a fuck these dour ass workers are just like you're on your own buddy good luck oh you didn't make it well hey whatever we're all in russia what do you want (laughs) it's not like i'm going to some little gulag town on the fucking trans-siberian express or something but it's still a bit of that feeling like ayn rand uh is from russia was from russia and left you know to go move to america and champion the greatness of america but that is one thing she always talked about the russian spirit even just in their literature and it's just like this this dark depressed dank defeated feeling you know is the feeling of russia in the 20s i mean it's been a hundred years now but there is certainly some of that you definitely feel some of that so basically though i kind of got my wish because i was like i don't want to do this nine and a half hour flight i don't want to do it and then when i get to tokyo i get there at like 10 30 but my airbnb is not available till 4 30 in the afternoon so i still got a whole day i gotta dick around i'm just not in any condition to do this so when the lady at the little desk which was you should have seen this thing man it's like imagine papers please that video game except everybody rushes at once (laughs) the lineup doesn't move one at a time but that same kind of tone but yeah just this gaggle of people this rush of people going through this shit it's all disorganized and crazy But I managed to get to the little lady who uh, was supposed to tell me if I had any hope in hell of catching my flight, which I did not. It was leaving in like 10 minutes. And once I saw, yeah, the bureaucratic nightmare of getting to the other side of the airport, fucking, yeah, there was no, no chance. Man, let me just take a quick side note. 
one thing. So Russian people, I'd say, are generally pretty attractive. Like everybody in the uh, red light district in Amsterdam are basically Russian women. And uh, I got my little meal voucher here, and I went to the place where the that I had, where I had to use it, and the dude was like bald. Russian as the day is long, like twenty something, big buff Russian guy who didn't speak any English. I had a hard time doing anything. But just good looking, but just who just walked by me was like a family where the dad was like barrel chested and big and tall and like, haha, look at me, I'm gonna go fucking chop down a tree. And his daughter was like wearing tights and was just like super shapely and it's just like, wow, these are well shaped people. These are good looking people. Anyway, that was a side thing. So yeah, this lady I don't, I mean, maybe part of it is just the, the famous Canadian politeness. I mean, as you can hear, I think I'm in a pretty good mood, all things considered. Like, it's pretty tough. I'm, I mean, I'm never in a great mood, but it's pretty hard for me to really be in a bad mood. Things really got to go bad. And yeah, Canadian politeness or whatever. But I don't know if this lady had ever seen someone so accommodating to being told that they had to uh, get rebooked to a new flight tomorrow. Because <laughs> like... I was like, thank you. This is great, actually. I don't want to fly today. I just want to try to fucking shit my brains out for the next 24 hours and hopefully get a little past this and do this again. Like, split this trip up. That's all I want. It's what I want more than anything. It's like, I already did a trip today. I did it. I don't need to do another one. It's insane to even contemplate. Man, another sidebar. Did you ever see that meme that was going around a couple of years ago? It was this Russian lady. It was at some kind of hearing, you know, all like, I don't know what her job was, some government job, but she was dressed very uh, official, but in like a skirt and it was gorgeous. This gorgeous Russian woman with like blonde, straight hair. And uh, it became big in Japan. People started drawing drawings of her and stuff. I don't know her name, but somebody like that just went by. And I've seen a few of them where it's like, you know, they're wearing skirts and they're very kind of buttoned up and very official, but just beautiful, just beautiful people. Russians are beautiful, man. This girl working at this store across from where I'm sitting is beautiful. I mean, they're not all beautiful. You've seen, you've seen people, you know, it's an array, but overall, man, when it works out, it works out around these parts. So yeah, again, literally uh, so disorganized and so weird. She just scribbled some stuff on my uh, ticket and just said, go through there, go through this passport control thing, go figure out what you're doing with your life. You know, really not helpful per se. Not, not rude though, just not helpful. But I was like, that's good, man. Whatever, whatever. We'll sort it out. Some kind of, I heard her talking to a guy before me, something about a hotel. I'm like, that's, I'll take it. This is perfect. This is yes, 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 yes. A hundred times yes. This is what I want. Go fucking take a day off before my crazy nightmare flight. And like, I got to keep this in mind from now on. Like, I would rather take multiple smaller journeys than do this kind of fucking shit all in one day. Because it would have sucked at the best of times, but then something like this happens, and it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> you know? People misuse the word literally, but I think this is literally a nightmare to have to just shit all the time, or to be sick, or just then you're stuck on a plane, and everything is just, like, constrained, and 
Ugh. I mean, again, we're talking by modern standards. It's not like someone's whipping me to make a pyramid here, you know, I'm keeping it in context, but... But by modern standards, this sucks. This is why, like, when, uh, I don't know, before I left on this journey, my mom was saying to my dad, like, like, isn't this funny that he's got this wanderlust that he likes to do this? Because we wouldn't. We've done our traveling, but they did traveling almost like you're supposed to do it. Like, eh, you're supposed to go travel. You're supposed to go see places, but they didn't really enjoy it. They didn't really want to do it. And man, today was like, yeah, no fucking wonder people don't want to do it. This sucks. This is hard. If things go wrong, it's, it's terrible. I'd be on a plane right now hoping not to shit myself. <laughs> trying to sleep. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't happen. So anyway, then I shuffled through the weird fucking airport and I finally got to the nice part of the airport, you know, where all the stores and stuff are. And on the surface, I'm like, oh, look at this. It's like a normal airport, except, uh, you know, it's Cyrillic writing everywhere. And, uh, and I love yet another side tangent related to hot people. I love how you can tell the culture of a place just by what's on their TVs. Like I noticed this because I was in Montreal one summer and it was great. Like you go to McDonald's, there's no TVs. There's never a TV there. And the music is bad. Like they're playing whatever Spotify channel or, or satellite radio channel of like bad jazz. Like it's terrible. It's like this stereotypical bad taste in music that French people have, but that's the vibe and it's not, no TV. Then I went to Toronto and went to a McDonald's and it's like I'm in fucking RoboCop. There's TVs everywhere and they're all set to that horrifying news channel, CP24, and it's just, here's some people that got shot. Here's a car crash that happened. Oh, here's the tickers. Here's all the shit. And it's just like, why the fuck would I want this? Why would I want this while I'm just trying to sit here and eat? And then you go to fucking Pizzaiola and you can't eat a piece of pizza without the news and your face. And I think people just don't realize it because they're just in Toronto. They just live in Toronto. They're like, yeah, it's just how it is. But when you were just in a place that doesn't do that and then you switch over, it's much shittier. It's way shittier. And it's like, why, why are you doing this to yourself? It's like I was saying last episode, like to the Dutch. Hey, Dutch, why are you doing this to yourself with the bathrooms? Hey, Toronto, why are you doing this to yourself? This isn't good for your brain. You're there to relax. You're there to eat uh, some fucking French fries. <coughs> You should not be funneling the horrible news into yourself at all hours of the goddamn day. Oh man, I'm starting to wear out here. It's really dehydrated and drank a big bottle of water, but oh, it's wearing, wearing out. Okay, maybe I'll stop yelling so much and just try to get through this stupid story. So yeah, I got to the nice part of the airport. But uh, the nice part of the airport is betrayed by the bathrooms. Man, you go to the bathroom, it's fucking horrible. There's just cigarettes put out everywhere. Fucking uh, toilet paper is very hard to find. And when you do find it, it's a very poor quality. But hey, whatever, man. I just needed to take a fucking shit. So then I was like, all right, I don't even quite know where to go. I'll just wander around till I ask somebody to figure out where to go, to figure out what to do about this fucking flight and the hotel booking and stuff. And as I was walking around, I saw these little capsules. There's like six of them. It's like a little capsule hotel thing like you see in Japan sometimes, except not a nice Japanese one where it's all nice and quiet and everything is laid out in this nice place and you just go into 
this building and go in your little capsule and go to bed. These are just in the middle of the main thoroughfare of the fucking Russian <laughs> goddamn airport. The Moscow airport. I think it's called Sherbaret because it sounds like sherbet. And I was like, that seems a little bit, again, somewhat akin to a nightmare. Especially in my current, my state I was in at that point where I was super dehydrated, just really feeling bad in the gut, just tired, just everything was all fucked up. I'm like, God, imagine just having to climb into one of those. So I eventually found the place I had to go to talk to the lady about um, ticketing stuff. And again, there's one lady, a huge line, one lady. I was there for like 45 minutes at least just standing there wondering like am I going to have to lose my place in line because I might have to just go shit I might have to I managed to make it I'm starting I'm on the mend I think but it was a little touch and go there real long wait again it's like where I'm just like yeah I can do this this is fine I don't mind I'm polite I'm nice it's it's fine it's cool and then eventually it just hits a point where it's like what is happening this is just too long how come there's only one person and the line behind me is just getting longer and longer it's like get the fuck out of here you fucking russian fucks (laughs) you know have some sense of customer service a little get one other person what the fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) there's a point where it's not okay anymore your dour attitude and your stupid culture i'm already turning against you after fucking two hours uh, so yeah, those Brazilian people that I saw walk by earlier, they were in front of me. They took forever. There's like five of them. Oh, I had to go through each one of their things, all their shit, their fucking bags. Thank God I've only got one carry-on. But I heard the lady say like, oh, five of you. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. It's like quarter to eight. I'll set up some stuff. You come back here a little after 10 p.m. Because then it's like, oh, we've hit nighttime. And that's when we send people off to the hotels because... uh Otherwise, it's those capsules, but you won't have to really do the capsules because there's five of you. There's too many. But that made me think like, oh, wait a minute. So it's still relatively early evening and I'm just me. I'm just by myself. Am I going to get put in a capsule? (laughs) It's like, oh, no. My dream came true that I wouldn't have to fly today, but now my nightmare is coming true. But I started getting used to the idea a little bit. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe that would be cool. At this point, whatever. Give me the capsule. Let me just go lock myself in this weird little thing and just let me pass out. I guess I'll have to get out every couple hours and stumble through the airport to go shit and go back to my capsule. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. But, hey, you know what? Maybe. Maybe that'd be cool. Maybe that's a story, right? The fucking capsule in the fucking Russian airport. But when they finally got to me, I didn't have to do the capsule. I got a little uh, voucher for some food, which again, is just like such a shame I didn't eat the the good meal on the plane. Because instead I just got the shittiest little warm ham and cheese sandwich that I'm like, uh, it reminded me of that Futurama where Fry ate the sandwich from the truck stop. And it's like, ah, this is the last thing I should be eating with my stomach problems, but I gotta eat something. I haven't eaten all day. And I got a bottle of water, so it's finally like, okay, stop dehydrating myself because it's only making things worse. Fucking pound that down. And I got a little energy drink, too, with with my money. So that's what I'm working on now. That's why, man, I wouldn't have been able to do this before. But you hit me at just the right time for me to do a little podcast, as if you were asking for this. But, uh, yeah, the energy drink, the caffeine made made the headache go away. A little food in my belly 
which I didn't trust, but if anything bad's gonna happen, it hasn't happened yet. Bottle of water, rehydrated. Whew. All right, back to normal, back to good for now. And I just have to do the wait till 10 o'clock, wait till 10 o'clock and uh, come back for hotel assignment. But yes, but that's cool. Like this has all basically worked out pretty well because this is what I like. Like, like I was saying how I don't do tourism stuff. I don't go see shit because I don't give a fuck. What I like is stuff like this. Like I like, that's why I want to try to break up my future traveling into smaller, slower bits. I like to go slow and I like to spend time in places. Like it's, it was weird that I stayed at this Airbnb for a whole fucking month in uh, Amsterdam in Outdoorn. Probably no one's ever done that before uh, for that guy. And uh, even when I booked my place in Tokyo, the lady commented like 47 days. Wow, that doesn't usually happen because, you know, it's just travelers. And I'm like, yeah, I want to just, I want to be in it, man. I want to soak it in. So this, what is happening right now, this is exactly what I want. Like, I can't really imagine coming to Moscow. That's never been on my radar. Because, like, what do I do? I just go hang out at coffee shops and stuff. Is this really the place I would come to go do that? I don't know. It just seems weird. But hanging out at the airport, perfect. This is exactly what I want. Just this evening of hanging out, just soaking in the airport, you know? It's the least Russian Russia experience you could ever have. But you just notice little things. Like, uh, to wrap up that story about the TVs earlier... What I saw on the TV here is I was at the place where I was using my little meal voucher and there's just some music video sh- fucking thing on TV and some VJ chick throwing the videos, which is just quaint in and of itself because Canada and the US don't have music video shows anymore. Then this video comes on and it's like super hot Russian strip club hour. It's just like these super perfectly formed women with thongs straight up their fucking asses and they're just like, there they are in the camera. Here, Here's a Russian chick's fucking cunt in your face. That's at the airport. <laughs> That's just at the airport where you're just hanging out to eat a ham sandwich. They're like, thanks. Thank you, Russia. I'll take it. Like, little things like that really do say something about a culture. Like, what they think is... Uh, taboo and what they don't care about they don't care that there's hot ass chicks rubbing their cooches in your face on tv they like it that's what they want they think that's great (laughs) they want to celebrate the hotness of these russian chicks you would never see that in north america in a million years we're you know much more scrubbed clean and whatever much more with just like family friendly pg in our public spaces I also can't log on to the Wi-Fi here because you need a telephone number to get on the Wi-Fi. And uh, this phone doesn't work as a telephone, so it can't receive SMS messages outside of Canada. So uh, I don't know, maybe my hotel will have some fucking internet. Tell my Airbnb people that I'll be a day late. But yeah, my flight's not till four o'clock tomorrow have another afternoon hanging out here at the fucking airport but yeah i like it i like stuff like this i just think it's fun it's just neat even when i used to take the bus to uh new york just hanging out at bus stations even is kind of weirdly fun i don't know it's weird transit is miserable it's not fun but it is fun (laughs) the spaces in between are fun but anyway i've been rambling long enough what is it now 20 after 9 i only got to make it till 10 So let's do a little wrap-up just to make this about writing in any fucking way. I had an idea, and I'm like getting dehydrated again. I can hear it in my mouth. I can hear the smackiness of my 
fucking mouth. Um, I had an idea for a meet cute, <laughs> a weird meet cute. Speaking of like being in spaces, being in between stuff, like uh, that Spielberg movie about Tom Hanks stuck in the airport. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but I hated that movie. I hated it. I hate Steven Spielberg movies in general. I hate the schmaltz of them. They're just so disingenuous and so fucking. They're just so bad. And that was certainly no exception. The Terminal, I think it was called. But it's such a good idea where it's this guy who is from some uh, Eastern Bloc country. And there's political strife. His country kind of, I think it ceases to exist while he's in transit. So he can't get any kind of visa. Or he can't get a flight into his country. And he can't get a visa to enter the United States. So he's just stuck in the airport. Because airports are interesting. They're like hospitals in the sense that they're just 24-hour. There's always someone here. Technically, you can just hang out here forever. Like if I didn't have this hotel I was going to, or a little capsule, like I could just hang out here at the airport all night, curl up in a corner somewhere on some benches. I kind of like that. Oh man, a guy went by who looks exactly like John Cena, except his hair is gray. That's fucking weird. So yeah, I thought that was a neat idea for a movie. This guy who just lives his life for like years at a time in the airport because he's stuck between places. He can't leave and he can't, he just, it's just what he does. Unfortunately, the movie itself was fucking garbage. But I was thinking a thing like that because while I was at this crazy ass desk, trying to deal with uh, figuring out what's going to happen with my flight. At the desk behind me, I looked back because there was this like, this like 21 year old cool as hell Middle Eastern kid yelling, <laughs> which again, like so many stereotypes are true. Like if there's the guy who's going to lose his shit and yell at somebody, of course it's going to be the suave debonair looking Middle Eastern kid, you know, fired up, getting all fired up and yelling. <laughs> like that's completely in line with what I know of Middle Eastern culture. No offense. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I noticed that the girl who was having to deal with him was this really short, little kind of mousy but cute girl, really short, with straight red hair, which is unusual. You don't see a lot of red hair here, natural red hair in, uh, in these Russian environs. I'm already an expert. I've been here fucking one evening. But I didn't really notice that much. Uh, she was uh, very, you know, business-like, stoic, the, the whole thing. But it took me so long at my counter hanging around that at one point I turned back around while she had a little break. And there's just this little moment where she was talking to a coworker just behind me. And it was in Russian, so I didn't understand anything. But she was, that's when I realized how short she was. And she was wearing this uniform that's like the big shoulder pads, the really angular look, which was just cool. But while she was talking to her, her coworker, not only did the uh, iron curtain of her expression go away, and I got to see for a moment like how she is normally talking to people that she likes, but there was this like playfulness, just her attitude. It's hard to explain. It's this, but it's like, you know, you can just see in people's eyes. You can see intelligence. And I really think like comedy, playfulness is really the greatest sign of intelligence there is. Cause like comedy, it's so tricky. Like comedy in a way, it's like poking at people. It's like pulling the rug out from under someone, but not enough to hurt them. Just enough to kind of delight them. You know, it's very hard to do. It's really hard 
to thread that needle. And I can understand why there's people that just don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. They just don't try to be funny because it can go wrong so badly. Like, you really got to be smart and confident to be funny. And just to see this little, like, twinkle in her eyes, this little mischievousness of just, like, it's like, that that girl's funny. That's, that's, she's clever. She's, like, the clockwork is going behind her, her eyes. And I love that. But at the same time, she was kind of stiff and a little awkward. Sort of nerdy but cute, little short, red-haired Russian girl. Right away, I was just like, this is the best. Man, I, I wish I could just hang out with her. I wish I could hang out with this chick. I don't know how that would ever happen. But that was the feeling that I had, which I haven't had in a long time. I don't know, man. It's hard to, like, see that little spark in people. It really is rare. It's very rare to find someone who is playful about life. You know, it's so easy to shut down, especially as you get older. It's just, like, safer, you know? I do it, too. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I'd just rather not deal with people. (laughs) I just don't want to, you know? Anyway, right away, I very much liked this Russian girl. But then I got shuffled away, moved on with my weird life. Then I saw those capsules, and I was like, and then when I was in line and I thought I was going to get put in a capsule, that's when I started thinking, like, this would be a great setup for a fucking sleepless in Seattle, some kind of weird fucking rom-com meet-cute thing, is what if yeah you're some traveler and because you're a cheap idiot you took the flight through moscow and everything's all fucked up and you missed your flight and then they toss you in this goddamn capsule which these capsules like they look like what do they even look like i don't know like a they're just like long octagonal coffins but like from a transformer like they look like like a complicated lego piece so i'm just imagining our hero uh, you know, fucking using his meal voucher and hanging out and looking at the crazy Russian TV and just soaking it in and contemplating his night that he's going to have to spend in the capsule. And then what if, what if Russian girl from earlier walks by? She works here. That can, could totally happen. There's, it's totally likely. At first I was thinking about it in real life. Like, what would I do? <laughs> you know? How would I even... Hey, how can we hang out? How can we do this? How can I sweep you off your feet? Hey, I'm going to be a famous writer someday. I'm going to have money someday. You willing to bank on me for the next five years of nothing, of being an idiot who uses his mom's money to get stranded in Moscow? Like, I don't know. (laughs) It didn't work at all in real life. But I bet you can make a cool little romance story about that. It's such a weird setup, but it's so cool of just like trapped in the airport that girl that you just kind of saw and you're like i'll never see her again but then through weird happenstance you're stuck at the airport all night because they have these capsules that you didn't even know were a thing and then you hang out and you talk to the the cool russian girl so there we go there's an idea go ahead and use it if you like i don't know ideas man they ain't worth shit the execution is worth shit The idea ain't worth nothing. What could I play for song of the day? What, what Russian? Do I know any Russian artists besides Rammstein? I mean, man, that's pretty stereotypical, Rammstein. And I just realized that's German. It's not Russian. (laughs) I must know some Russian music besides the fucking traditional folk song that is the Tetris theme. Mm, that's really weird that nothing's coming to mind. 
I'm sure I'll think of something later. But uh, anyway. Hey, here's a song I can play. That band uh, Royal Blood, I don't know much about them. I just remember when their first album came out, they were kind of a big deal for a second. And uh, their second album has this song called How Did We Get So Dark? Very, very nice little catchy ditty. And uh, I'll play that in fucking uh, tribute to the Russians. How did you get so dark, you people? How is it all so dour? How is it all so bad? I got stranded uh, on a shit-filled journey of stomach pain and terror. It's not that bad. I don't feel that bad. Things are okay. I don't know. Best thing to do when you don't have a point, I think, is to just admit that you don't have a point. So hopefully next time uh, we'll have adventures from Japan. How Did We Get So Dark by Royal Blood. Thank you for listening. Ah, don't I even know how to say goodbye in Russian? I don't know anything. Dasvidanya, right? Or is that hello? Who cares? Who cares? I'm going to go take a shit and go figure out where my hotel is. (laughs) See you later.
Hey, just want to record a little bonus bit for anybody who is uh, staying past the song. Little phone recording, bad quality bonus bit. So I'm in Japan. I made it. I'm. Uh, this is my first day that I came to Shibuya. So I'm in some some park here. I don't know what it's called. I'll have to try to look it up later. It's pretty cool. It's always weird to go to a new neighborhood where at first it was just like, whoa, crazy, this is where that Shibuya crossing is, the famous one you see in movies all the time, just shit tons of people crossing the street. It was actually smaller in person than I expected. I, I was like, is this it? This is it, right? I'm on it. You know, it wasn't the, quite the feeling of awe I expected. I mean, I guess it's just a crosswalk, right? How crazy is it going to be? But yeah, it was tough even just to find like a bathroom. It was like, oh, this is trouble. What do I do in this neighborhood? I've never been here. I don't know what's happening. But I found this awesome park that is full of bathrooms and uh, it's just beautiful. So I'm hanging out here. And it's dark as fuck, but there's still a lot of people all over the place. Uh, basically, I got a lot more story to tell. That uh, Moscow story was not even, it hadn't even started. There's a lot more to that story. <laughs> that A lot more shit happened. But then, uh, and then getting to Japan, obviously I'll talk about this, but I'm just so sick, so sick. Today is finally the first day where I'm not just continuously hacking, coughing. I'm still not out of the woods, I'm still coughing, but not continuously for days on end. So it's weird, it's like I'm here and it's pretty cool. I'm, I've been like pretty well steeped in Japanese culture my whole life in different ways, so nothing's surprising me too much. I'm pretty well prepared for it, but at the same time, you never, you can never know what it's going to be like till you're here. Once you see all the pieces put together, it's still, it's the same everywhere. It's always different than what you expect. But even though it's pretty cool and there's a lot of neat stuff here, I'm just so sick that it's like hard to, it's like uh, hard to appreciate. I feel like this in general sometimes when I talk to people about traveling there's a bit of a roadblock that happens with most people because I always bring up the downsides. I always bring up what was tough about it and what was weird about it because to me, that's fucking life. That's what traveling is. There's this weird idea that traveling is just supposed to be fun. It's just supposed to be this wonderful roller coaster. And that has never been my experience. Traveling is hard. It's difficult. It's draining. And when you get sick, like I've been sick, it's real bad. I mean, just like, whoa, this is why people don't travel. Like, if traveling's so great, why aren't you traveling right now? You know why you're not, because it's hard, <laughs> you know? It's not just because it's expensive, because you can find ways for it to not be expensive. It's because it's hard, and you know it's hard. But I always get pushback on that, where people are like, what, you went to a place and it wasn't just amazing? It wasn't just wonderful? Well, that's not what all these travel shows have led me to believe. And that's where I would love to do. That's why Carl Pilkington's travel documentaries are the best ever made. Because he's the only one that tells the truth. Like, I think it'd be great to do a travel show about being sick. This is what it's like to travel when you're sick. Because you're moving into a different environment. You're surrounded by people all the time. There's a very good chance you're going to get sick. And then what? You know? it's still worth it, I guess would be the point, is it's, it's not just a positive, it's positives and negatives, because it's just life, it's just life in a different place, that's what life is, I'm in a bad mood, I gotta stop rambling, because none of this is what I want to talk about.
What I want to talk about is it's this basic little axiom, but it's totally true of just like my writing was really starting to fall off and everything was falling off. Just, uh, just God damn it. I've been so sick. I don't even just, so oh, sick. I don't know what to say other than I'm just, it's been awful. And I had uh, this day the other day where I couldn't believe how bad I felt, but I had to get out of my place because uh, this is also the first time I've ever stayed in more of a hostile situation where it's like bunks, you know, I'm sharing space because I couldn't afford to get my own little room. Usually I can find a little crappy room to myself somewhere for a pretty good deal, but Japan, that's a little much. It's, there were places though. There's definitely options, but but in this case, I didn't do that, and it's like, I can't be here hacking my brains out and ruining this for everyone, you know? I gotta get out of here. I slept the little bit that I could manage to sleep, and then it's like, let me just go get out of here and go find a place where I can be by myself and just hack out my lungs for the next 20 straight hours. So, I mean, the day, it just couldn't have been worse. God damn, I had no energy, I just felt awful. It's just like, I'm in this just sitting there in this amazing place where everything around me is like, boom, Japan. And I'm just like, fuck this, fuck my life. But I pulled out, in that case, I, that day I had my book bag with me. So I pulled out my laptop and I started working on something. And then I switched over to my phone and started doing some writing. And I couldn't believe how effective it was, like how effective pushing through that awfulness was into making me feel better about the day because it's that thing of like you got to spend energy to make energy and it's really true because it just happened to me again today like today i'm in much better shape but still not great but here at this park i pulled out my phone and i got through a little not a whole chapter but like a section of a chapter of my novel and i love that feeling when i've got i've got the chapter kind of split into like six or seven beats and like beat number three, I just finished. And it's like, whoa, didn't expect it. I never expected. I'm like, oh shit, I got some more, some stuff done. So I can copy that over to like first draft complete side little subfolder. And again, I just, uh, might be hard to tell because of my cranky ramblings, but I was like, wow, I feel better. I feel so much better about this whole day. Like just not letting the day slip away. Like that push, you know, it's tough. You got to push yourself when you feel bad and when you're low on energy and when you have a headache and when you have a sore throat and when you're coughing and you know it's like I'm trying to remind myself like hey buddy at least you don't have diarrhea anymore at least you don't have a fever anymore but the trade-off was is just revolving sicknesses it's very hard to be positive about these things you know hey, at least you didn't get your arm cut off. You just lost a leg. Like, I don't know. It's like, it just sucks. But working, man, it makes me feel better. So much better. And so much more energized and just so much... I felt so much better about everything in both these cases. And it's like, man. So that little saying is really true. Energy begets energy. Got to spend energy to make energy. And I think that is where the daily routine can kind of come in, can really help. I was just listening to, I'll get into it later, but I started listening to some writing, other writing podcasts, and uh, they mostly don't do much for me, but I did learn one thing from one of them that I'll get into in a, an episode coming up. 
But uh, they had this debate about the writing every day thing, and uh, these particular writers were offended by it. Like, what do you mean I'm not a writer if I don't write every day? Fuck you, I don't have to write every day. And I think that's true, because it's like, if you're already successful, if you're already able to complete projects, if you've got your process down, go, go with it. Go with God. Keep it up. You did it, you know? That's fine. If you don't need to write every day, you don't need to write every day. My advice about writing every day is for people like me who couldn't finish things. I should really make that clear. As I continue to repeat this advice ad nauseum in the future, maybe I'll add this little caveat, is that this is intended for people who couldn't stick the landing, for people that couldn't keep their nose to the grindstone long enough to get to the end. Because for me, forcing myself to do some level of writing every day, that was the thing that changed the process. That was the thing that made me able to make it all the way to the end. That was the night and day, like that was the most important thing I figured out. So that is the advice I would give to anyone who can't seem to get to the end of a novel. Just work every day, make yourself work every day. If you can already finish novels and you don't need to write every day, that's fine. Keep going. Why would I tell you to change? <laughs> Do whatever works for you. But that's another benefit to this making sure that you write every day thing is without that little axiom or without that little habit that I have formed, without putting that so high on my priority list, priority, <laughs> without putting that so high on my priority list, I wouldn't have done it. Like days like this, and especially days like two days ago when I just and on death's fucking door in a weird country, everything is discombobulated and it's like I'm in a fever dream. There's no fucking way I would write on those days. There's no way. Not in a million years, <laughs> you know? It's only because I've trained myself to write every day and I've convinced myself so utterly that this is what I need to do that the first step toward my failure is to skip days. That's how I always have failed in the past, and that's how I will continue to fail in the future. I can't let that happen. i got to keep the chain going. I've got to do some writing every day. And because I'm so dogmatic about that, even on these days when everything sucks, I make myself right, and energy begets energy. And it's just, I feel so much better. And it's like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. All right, that's enough. That's enough of my rambling. So like I said, I got uh, I got part two of the Moscow story. It's a good one. That's coming up next. And you know, Japan will get into Japan as I will be here for a while. So uh, the more time I give it to sink in, the better. But uh, certainly not uncool. It's pretty, pretty cool, I'd say. <laughs> pretty fucking cool. Very polite people. Very nice. After the... Uh, sort of stiff, somewhat weirdness of uh, the Dutch folk and the just complete fucking ridiculousness of the Russians. <laughs> As we'll get into, spoiler alert for Russian people. <laughs> you know, cut all that, cut all that, cut all that. Alright, no, uh, no secondary song. Let's just, that's good. Let's just, uh, let's just fade to black. Alright, thanks for listening. See you next time.